Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the message today. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit lhachurch.com. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, if you'll take them out and turn with me to the book of John, the 14th chapter. John chapter number 14 is where we're going to spend our time together this morning. Once you've found it, we're going to work our way towards that text together. I read a story the other day. It was about a husband and wife who had been married for many years. They had walked many miles together in this life when all of a sudden, uh, without uh, knowledge of it, the wife suddenly passed away. And uh, the family gathered together to have a funeral, and once the funeral was completed and the family was preparing to leave as the graveside service was finished, the elderly gentleman and the pastor were the only ones left standing there by the graveside. And all of a sudden, there was a uh, distant lightning bolt that flashed through the sky. It was followed by a tremendous burst of rumbling thunder. And the little old man looked at the pastor and said very calmly, Well, pastor, she's there. She's his problem now. (laughs) You ever have some times in your life when it seems like your life is filled with anything but peace? Seems like peace evades us. You know, peace is something that people all around the world today are searching for. President Ronald Reagan once said, a people free to choose will always choose peace. There's probably no greater possession that a man or a woman can have aside from peace. Since the beginning of time, the lack of peace has plagued those from all walks of life, the rich, the poor, the down, the out, the sick, and the well. In recent months as a nation, we have watched as the news media has reported those who seem to have success in this life, they have the life that everybody seems to want to have, but because of a lack of inward peace, We find many of them are taking their lives, ending this life that God has given because they search so hard and yet can't seem to find the peace they're looking for. The truth is today, peace is what men search for. And since the fall of man in the beginning, man has never been able to find peace outside of God. In man's journey to find peace, they've sought out pleasures only to find that peace cannot be found on this earth. Seeking after peace apart from God is in vain. Man works so diligently only to find that his labors and his energies are spent not finding what he's looking for. Nations, governments, 
rulers have sought after peace in this world. The Middle East has been in turmoil since the days of Isaac and Ishmael. Since 1991, there have been 13 peace processes concerning the Middle East, and yet today they remain far from peace. True peace within nations and governments and peoples cannot be found, and even closer to home, peace in men and women's lives seem to be absent. They struggle to find peace in their marriages, but there seems to be no peace between spouses, no peace in relationships. Absent is the peace between parents and children. No peace on the job, no peace of mind, no peace in the heart, no peace in the spirit. They lack peace even in their sleep. Men and women lay down to sleep, and when sleep finally comes, they are filled with dreams that bring only anxieties and stress, but no peace. The atmosphere of the home is void of peace. They know only strife. Men and women face stress on the job and in the world only to come home to find that the castle they come home to is filled with unrest. It's in the midst of all of this unrest that Jesus utters the words in our text this morning. Look there with me, if you will, John 14 and 27. It's in the midst of that kind of atmosphere that Jesus says these words, Peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. This message from Christ was not going out to a people who were embellished in the realm of peace. This message went to his followers who were about to see their master die, but not just any death. He would be crucified in the worst of ways. He would be beaten and abused. He would bleed and die upon a cross of crucifixion. He's been their leader, their friend, their companion, their Lord, their helper, their keeper. But for a time, that's about all ready to come to an end. Jesus Christ will die on the cross and his life will come to an end. This truth is the background of the discourse and the teaching that he's giving. Jesus is preparing them for his death, which will cause great hardship for them. Understanding this truth, he says to these words, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, I'm giving you peace, a key word here, that will sustain you through all of the trials I'm giving you peace that will hold you and carry you and keep you through it all. We find nestled within this passage there are some truths for us to pick up today because this is a truth not only for his disciples, but it's a truth for you and I in this place today, May the 5th, 2019. You will notice in the passage he gives us some promises. 
The first promise we find is this. He's giving his peace. Notice the words. He says, my peace I give to you. Now, as a culture, we understand the importance of a will. When an individual dies, their last will and testament in there, they make the declarations as to how their assets will be divided among their family, friends, or loved ones. Jesus says these words, my peace I give you. When Christ is about to leave this world, he makes his will known. His spirit he would give to his father on the cross. His body would be given to Joseph of Arimathea for a burial. His clothes would be divided among the soldiers that day. His mother would be placed under the care of John the Beloved. But what would he leave his disciples? It would not be lots of silver and gold. What he would leave the disciples behind was infinitely better. It was his very own peace. It was not a title Jesus was giving them, but rather it was a possession he was offering. He said, my peace I give to you were his words. As a father gives his possessions to his children, no greater gift could be given to the followers of Jesus Christ of which you and I are a part than the possession of peace. Jesus made this declaration to people that he knew would be exposed to hardship, trouble, trials, and great difficulties. In fact, Jesus said to them, in this world, you will have tribulation. He said, in this world, they've hated me, and because they hated me, they will hate you because of me. It would be these who would need his precious peace. One cannot underestimate the power of his words, my peace I give to you. You see, we have to understand his very essence is peace. Ephesians 2 and 14 says, For he himself is our peace. We know when we come to Christmas time and we, we rehearse the Christmas story, we know that his coming to this earth, even as a babe, was announced as a promise of peace on earth. Luke 2 and 14 says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. God himself is the author and the giver of peace. In Genesis, the newly created world came into being at his command. Peace reigned on the earth as in heaven. It was not God who banished peace from the earth, but it was rather sin. For sin came in like a flood and spread across the earth, and as a result, peace could not be found. Men sinned, and, and in their sin lost peace that God had given them. Yet, it did not stop God. God said, I'll send peace, but it'll come through my one and only Son. Isaiah prophesied, we find it in Isaiah 9 and 6, he prophesied of Christ and he said this, he will be called the prince of peace. He's the reigning ruler of peace. He's the author and the originator of peace. Outside of the prince of peace, my friends, there is no peace. 
It was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten of God who came to bring peace back into the lives of lost humanity. Let me take a moment and describe his peace for you. We find when he is in his life and ministry, we find him at peace when he is in prayer to the Father on top of the mountain as he there would commune with the Heavenly Father. He was at peace when he was asleep in the boat and he and the disciples are caught in a terrible storm. My friend, I would declare to you today, you may find yourself like the disciples in the midst of a terrible storm, but when you're there, the Prince of Peace is in the boat with you. It was in the boat that he stood up and said, Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves obeyed his voice. He spoke peace to bodies who were ridden and full of sickness and disease, and healing came. He spoke to the dead men in the grave whose death had caused such unrest and heartache and despair when he said the words, Lazarus, come forth. His words spoke peace to Mary at the tomb when she was filled with sorrow and grief. He said these words, my peace, what I have within me, the essence of me, I give to you. What we find is during his earthly ministry, Jesus Christ is abused, he's abandoned, he's, he's uh, confronted with the enemies, he's slandered, he is blasphemed, he, you, on and on we can go, and yet the world was not able to dismantle his peace. Troubles could not override his peace. Fear was not there to dismantle his peace. Worry, worry was overcome by the power of his peace. My friend, I don't know what you may be walking through today, but I can tell you this. His promise remains my peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Have you ever received a gift from someone? When they give it to you, it becomes your possession, doesn't it? You ever heard of an Indian giver? They give you something and then they realize how valuable what it was they gave and they remember they'd like to have it back and they work their way to get it back from you. Aren't you glad when he says, my peace I give to you, it's yours. It's yours for eternity. It's yours for your life. It's yours to use. It's yours to live in. It's yours to move and breathe in. It's yours to sleep in. It's yours to walk in. It's yours to pray in. It's yours to live in. It's yours to believe in. He said, my peace I give to you. The truth is this world has left. Have you ever found this world has a way of draining you? Man, it will suck the life out of you. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. My friend, the world can't give it. And because the world can't give it, the world can't touch it. The world can't take it. It's his peace. It's protected by him inside of you and me. My peace I give to you. What we find in that promise, though, he says, my peace I give to you. But what we find is it is an abiding peace. Notice the words of verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus is about to leave the earth. But in his absence, part of him is still here with us. Peace I leave you. 
He left behind, if you will, a pearl of great price. He left behind a rock you can stand on. He left behind the presence of one that is like no other. He said, my peace I'm leaving with you. It's not just any peace, it's my peace. It's the peace of the prince of peace. Peace was with him when he confronted the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who were trying to kill him. He had peace when facing the cruel cross of Calvary. He had peace when faced with the greatest enemy known to man, death itself. It was in the power of peace. Jesus Christ declared the words, I have overcome the world, and because I have overcome, you will overcome also. His peace carried him through the fires, through the floods, through the fierce storms. His promise is this, my peace I'm leaving with you. Listen, it's well tested. It's been tried. It's been proven. It brought him through the storm, and it will not let you down. It's his peace, my friend, you can have today. It's his peace that will keep you. It's his peace that will never leave you or forsake you. His peace will comfort you. His peace will guide you. His peace will give you rest. The Bible says he gives his beloved rest. His peace will watch over you. His peace will go behind you and be behind you and in front of you. His peace will be there when you wake up in the morning and his peace will be there when you lay your head on the pillow to go to rest. His peace it's his peace, and the Bible teaches us it will abide with us. Have you ever had somebody abide with you? Paul and I started a journey just a little over 29 years ago, and we've been walking together. We've been walking together and walking through life and abiding together. We've been there. You know, when I've walked through some difficult places, she's right there beside me. When, when I go through difficulty, she's right there beside me. When it seems like everybody else has left, she's right there beside me. I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you and I walk through. His peace will remain true. His peace will remain forever. His word and his peace will be faithful to you. He said, my peace, I'm leaving you. I'm going. But the peace is staying. No matter what tomorrow may bring, his peace will abide with you. No matter what we face, his peace will be with us. It's the kind of peace that comes home to live with you. It's the kind of peace that troubles can't shake and storms can't stop and trials can't scare away. When the storms are over, peace will still be ruling and reigning. It's the promise, his peace, his peace. What's his name? Jesus. It's not like he went to the store and got some peace. He is peace. We need to let that settle in for a minute. That's a truth we really need. Because it's not like Jesus, you know, how, how many of y'all ever go on Amazon and you order something? You go on Amazon, you place your order, and it comes to the house, and then it's yours. Jesus 
doesn't just have peace. It's not one of the little things laying around in heaven that he has. He is peace. He's the embodiment of peace. He's the originator of peace. He is the source. He is the fountain. He is the flow of peace. When you want to describe peace, you can describe it in these words. Jesus. He is peace. He is our peace. When you walk with him, you walk in peace. Peace comes when we're right with God. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' words in John 15 were these, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Friend, when you're walking in right relationship with God, peace is a byproduct. Peace comes. I don't have to ask him, can you give me, you know, it's not like he has this storehouse and I say, okay, I'll take this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. When you hook up with him, everything that is his is yours. When you hook up with Jesus Christ, everything you need, that's why the Bible said he is the I am. Everything that you need, I am. You don't need a storehouse. You've got him. He is the storehouse. He is our peace. Philippians 4 and 7. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your minds. In Christ Jesus. There's a lot right there, isn't there? And the peace of God which goes beyond our understanding. I'm so thankful to know it's not based on what I can understand and what I can grasp. It goes beyond my understanding. He gives me peace and it says it'll guard my heart and notice this, my mind. The places where I have unrest, the places where I have great imagination, the place where fear settles in in your heart and in your mind, the place where worry settles in your heart and your mind, the place where anxieties want to remind, want to remain in your mind and in your heart, he says, and the peace of God will guard. It guards. It stands at, the, oh, Jesus, right there's a, there's a word for somebody. The peace of God stands at the door of your heart and it guards. Who? It's there to guide, it's there to guard, it's there to protect your heart. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Jesus Christ. It's an abiding peace. When his peace abides with us, Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you will keep in, notice this word, perfect. Somebody say perfect. perfect. You will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. He says, I'll keep you in peace. I'll protect you with peace. I will cover you with peace. I will protect. I will be the guard of your mind and your heart with peace. All who trust in me, he says, I will keep in perfect peace because it's an abiding. It's an abiding. It's not something I get and it gets drained out. It's an abiding. It's there with us. It's there with us. It won't leave us. It's there with us. It goes with us. When you walk in the valley, peace goes with you. When you're on the mountaintop, peace goes with you. When unexpected circumstances have peace is right there with you because it's abiding peace. You'll notice his promise continues. 
And he makes this declaration. It's my peace. Look at your neighbor and say, it's my peace. Verse 27 says, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. As a result, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. The world you and I live in today, my friends, can only offer false peace. Peace that man offers is based on humanity. It's based upon human agreements. Peace that is based on humanity is a peace that is in a constant state of flux, always changing, always a variable. Peace that is founded upon the opinions and the abilities of man will ultimately be given to failure. Jesus says, I don't give you peace like the world gives. I don't give it the way the world gives it to you. The peace I give will cause you to not be troubled, fearful, or afraid. Have you ever found that in the world people give with strings attached? The world says, well... I give if I get something in return. The world gives with strings attached. He gives it freely. He gives when we have nothing to give in return. My Lord, have mercy. When I came to Jesus, I didn't have anything to give him. When I came to Jesus, it wasn't like some perfect polished statue. It wasn't like some individual who had it all together. Actually, when I came to him, I just had a bunch of broken pieces of what I was originally intended to be in him. All I could bring him was my ruin, my failure, my shame, my brokenness. That's all I could bring him. He gives when I have nothing to give in return. The peace he gives the world cannot give and the world can't take away. What the world gives is contingent on everything going just right. What he gives powerfully works when everything is falling apart. He says, I'm giving you peace and it's yours. What's in me is going to be in you. <laughs> There's a phrase right there we need to hang on. What's in me? He said, I'm giving to you. What's in me is going to be in you. It's my gift to you. I'm the source of it. His peace is so powerful, money can't buy it. Works can't earn it. But he said, I'll give it freely to those who ask. The promise of peace was this, ask and you shall receive. My friend, I want to ask you a question today. Do you need peace? Do you need peace? Are you in the midst of a storm that is brewing over your life? Do you need peace? How many of you know when, uh, when the storm is beginning to brew, sometimes that's all you can see is the storm? When the mountain that is so high, so vast, is standing before you, you can't seem to see around the mountain to see beyond. I want to ask you, when you're standing at the foot of that mountain, do you need peace? Are you today like the disciples who were in the boat? These were skilled fishermen. 
had been out in the water, wasn't like me. I don't get out in the water very much because I don't want to get in the water. I don't go way out in the boat because I don't want the boat to get out of the way of me. These boys are out there and the storm begins to come and they are starting to get frank. These skilled fishermen are getting a little bit bent out of shape. And if you read the story, it's really actually a great story because you see the humanity. You know, we often see the disciples and we think, man, these are just perfect people. They weren't so perfect that day. In fact, I think we all can relate to what the disciples were saying that day. In fact, they woke Jesus up. There, there, there's so many keys to the story. He's asleep. The storm's going. He's asleep. You can do that when you know you have control of the storm. There's a lot right there. He's asleep, but they're, they're frantic. And they wake him up with this greeting. They didn't say, good morning, Jesus. How thankful we are to have you in the boat. Did you have a nice rest? Sorry to wake you up, Jesus. Actually, what they did, you know, and have you ever kind of, you want to scare somebody, so you just kind of lightly. <laughs> Paula, for many years in our marriage, I, our lives uh, and our personalities are on two different schedules. She was always a morning person, so she woke up early and wanted to go to bed early, and I wanted to get up late and stay up late. So she'd wake up, 6 o'clock, the birds are outside singing, and she was singing inside. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, please, please give me grace. <laughs> and then we come to 11 o'clock at night, and she is like long gone, and I'm wired. I'm ready to go. And she would say, Lord, give me grace. <laughs> And I remember many nights we'd be sitting there, we'd be watching TV. She fall asleep. She's on the couch. I'm, you know, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm right in the middle of the day. I'm sitting in the recliner and I'm watching the movie and I'm into the movie and I've got the remote and, you know, I'm giving all the instructions with the remote and I've got the popcorn on this side. I mean, I'm right in the middle of it all. And finally, it's all over and she's, man, she's been gone for a long time. And, and I knew she, if, if, if I said very loud, it would scare her death. So I would just very gingerly walk up and. And sometimes I do that, and she'd just kind of wake up. And sometimes, just a light little tap, and he'd about startle, and she'd about fall off the couch. <laughs> and so I would just, as graceful as I could, try to wake her up. When you read this story, that's not the picture I get with the disciples because the first words out of their mouth, they wake Jesus up, and they greet him with these words, Don't you care that we're about ready to drown? Have you ever had somebody in your life and they said, I'm always going to be there. And you're like, you are a million miles away. You have no idea what I'm going through. That's really the picture we find with the disciples. They are in this frantic moment. They're in a fearful moment. This is the guy. He said, I, who Jesus, I am the Prince of Peace. They were there when he silenced the scoffers. They were there when a mother was heartbroken at the loss of her child and he brought them back. 
They were there when he had walked up to the tomb of Lazarus and there were mourners around and they're weeping. He brought peace to them. They were there, but yet somehow they felt a disconnect. Somehow it's not relevant in my life. You've sat in this church and you've heard, if you've been here a length of time, you've heard that his promises are true, that God will be faithful, that God will be with you. But somehow when you get in the midst of your storm, you feel like he's a million miles away. And let's just be real honest. There's sometimes we have the same attitude. God, we, we sit in church and other people seems like a rejoicing and we're cross arms and we're like, God, don't you even care? I know we're on Sunday and we're all supposed to be perfect and together. And, and we're just like, God, don't, don't you care that I'm about ready to drown? Don't you care that I'm going down for the last count? Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you know what I'm going through? How can you be asleep? Ever felt like God was asleep when you were going through the storm? He's so merciful and gracious, isn't he? Now, let's be honest. If we had been Jesus, we'd have probably got up, instead of rebuking the wind of the waves, we'd have been rebuking, but it wouldn't have been the wind of the waves. <laughs> we'd have been like, how dare you speak to me that way? How dare you wake me up and question me, wouldn't we? He's so gracious. Often, often you kind of wish you could be a fly on the wall and uh, see the event. I often wondered if Jesus rolled his eyes. <laughs> Jesus, they come to him, don't you care that we're about ready to go down? And what Jesus does actually takes their breath away. Because Jesus just, he didn't get bent out of shape. He just stood up in the middle of the boat and he said, peace, be still. Actually, what he's doing, he was declaring peace over the situation. He was making a declaration of peace and then he made the command, peace, be still. The wind and the waves were tumultuous. He said, peace, be still. You ever seen a child who was tumultuous? And mom and daddy say, sit still. Stop moving. Calm down. Be quiet. You see, as a parent, you can do that because they're yours. And when you're the creator... You can speak to the wind, the waves, the trials, the tribulations, and you can say to them, and they must obey, be still. And the Bible said, the wind and the waves obeyed his voice. And the disciples were amazed. Now think about this. They had seen him work miracle after miracle after miracle. And Jesus pulls another one out. <laughs> and the guys are blown away. They said, the Bible says they looked at each other and said, 
who is this guy? Even the wind and the waves obey his voice. I think really what they're saying is there was nothing that was too hard. They were like, we've never, nobody could do this. Even the wind and the waves have to obey his voice. Do you need peace today? Do you need peace today? You know, as we sit here as a congregation, we're all gathered together in this place. And some of you today are in that boat like the disciples were. First thing I want to remind you is this. He's right here in the boat with you. Okay? You know, the Bible doesn't tell us in that story a whole lot of what the disciples were doing prior to waking him up other than being frantic. But I'm sure there was a lot of conversations. I'm sure there was a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of, we got to start bailing water. We're not going to make it. Lots of worry, 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 worry. And it was to no avail. The storm was still raging. The things did not change in their life until they went to the master. And you know, when they did, here's essentially what they did. We got a situation here. <laughs> Some of y'all have come to church today and you say, I got a situation here. And I need, I need the master. I've been worrying, I've been trying to solve it. Husbands and wives have been trying to figure it out. Families have been trying to figure it out. And you're like the disciples and you say, we've got to get to the master. Would you bow your heads this morning? My heavenly father, I just come to you today in full confidence and in trust. I know that you are who you say you are. I know that your promises are true. I know that you will do what you've said that you will do. Father, you told us in the word that we would walk through difficulties and you told us that we would face many trials and many tribulations. But Lord, you didn't end the story there. Even when the disciples were about to face the most difficult time of their lives, the, the master, the teacher they had been following is, is getting ready to die a very destructive death on the cross. All the dreams they'd had seemed to be shattered that day. Lord, it was in preparation that you said the words to them, my peace I give to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither be afraid. Father, I pray for those today who need your peace. Those who are walking through the storm and they just need your help. Lord, we've went to friends, we've went to loved ones, we've went to acquaintances, but they cannot give us what you can give us. 
God, I pray that tonight you'll bring peace to the ones who've been filled with an aching heart. Those who tears have coursed down their faces. Those whose hearts have been filled with anxieties and fears and worries. Those who it seems that life is running out of control for them. Father, today we declare we need your peace. 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 Peace that passes all understanding. Peace that will guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. Pray right now, Father, for your peace to fill this room. But, Father, I pray it will go farther than just this room. I pray that peace will fill every heart and every life today. We need your peace. We need your peace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.